welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. News of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story today is that it is Share the Show Tuesday. And I've been asked many times, like, how do you get somebody to start listening to this show? It's kind of like... if. It's hard to catch up if you haven't been listening to it every day. So I thought this would be a good opportunity to tell people what the show is, who we are, and how to share it. So I'm Monica Perez. This is Brad Binkley. We were on WSB Radio, Terrestrial Radio, for years in Atlanta. And then just so many things that we talked about, I guess, did not fit in with the mainstream media scheme. So we were absolutely ready to go like a regular news show. And we were like uh, last year and in, uh, with curious timing. So we decided to take our efforts and training and do a daily show, a news show, just like the radio with the headlines of the day. But instead of pushing the mainstream media line, we peel away the propaganda. It's kind of our overarching brand is the propaganda report it's a mainstream media companion and the reason we do it is that even though a lot of the people who listen are aware that the mainstream media is full of propaganda still you go out in the workplace your kids come home from school they're constantly bombarded with the events of the day or even made up events of the day that are there to serve an agenda. And what we try to do is take those stories and and tell you what that agenda is, what the propaganda is all about, maybe what really happened, what it means to us, and most of all, how that those events are being used to, to convince people to give up their rights, their liberties, to bamboozle them into not seeing clearly what lies ahead, not thinking clearly about how to approach this, not falling for the left-right Republican-Democrat thing when totalitarian technocracy is descending around the world. So that's who we are. That's why we do this. It's what we do. And how to share, you just have to tell people, people who are sick of the news or begin to smell a rat or have you know live in the world and really need to see the truth, they got to just dive in with both feet. You just got to start listening within two or three days. You're totally up to speed. We try to put the stuff in bite-sized portions, but it's a short show, right to the point, and we can't always start with the way back. So today, we there is a big, big story in the news. Clearly, there's a policy agenda at work here. There was a big shooting in Boulder, Colorado. I'll even say, you know, even the facts that all the mainstream media agree to, I'm not sure. So for me, I'll tell you what it says, and then we can talk about what it, what the various witness reports, or most of all, how these events, true or false, are used to promote policy agendas that we would otherwise not accept. So without further ado, uh, what happened? There was a, a a man of Syrian birth, but who grew up in Colorado, Ahmad Al-Aliwi Alyssa, who is described as a 21-year-old. He is the suspect. When you see the pictures of him, he is literally, no offense to uh, many people I l- know and love are short, fat, and bald, but I've never seen a 21-year-old look quite like this guy. 
I was surprised when I heard his age. And then they also had him, they arrested him. He he was just in his boxers. It looked a lot like the Tamerlan Tsarnaev case where there was a naked man who was arrested on CNN. They later denied it was Tamerlan Tsarnaev. But after 10 hours of research, I unequivocally concluded it was Tamerlan Tsarnaev. So maybe they just... Strip down anybody who looks like a terrorist. I don't know, but there's definitely the rumors that he had ISIS uh, sympathies. Also, the Tamerlan, the uh, Jahar Sardayev story was back in the news yesterday. Totally weird to me because I personally think Jahar is also dead. You're, but you're does... talking about the Boston shooter, right? You're not talking about the one today when you say I'm uh, talking uh, about ISIS. the Sarnayevs. Okay. Yes. Right. So, yeah, so there's just a lot of details about this guy that, um, are kind of yeah his brother said that he was kind of a paranoid and that he in high school he thought that people were out to get him and that he thought he had a lot of mental health problems so his brother didn't seem too surprised at all about what happened yeah they're they're putting a lot of hot button items here. The guy was antisocial. He was paranoid. He had no record. So I don't know where he got the gun, but that kind of plays to where, you know, even just background checks are not enough. Whereas if you do, there's a great study. I think it was like in a Harvard Law Review or something like that. Um, do more guns mean more murder? That was basically the idea. And it they laid out that, oh, uh, it is extremely rare for a first-time gun purchaser to go out and commit murder. That, uh, Or I should say, for a non-criminal to commit a gun murder as his first crime. So that's always yeah. a flag to me. There was some interesting stuff about his past social media use where he had expressed disdain for not having a girlfriend and he had also expressed some anti-trump sentiment because he didn't like trump's policies kind of making it sound like with the girlfriend stuff like the incel stuff that you get the sense that you get with the shooting that happened in atlanta i don't know if that's the case but that's just the feel of it the way the media is presenting it anyway. And sometimes they do have like confusing mixed feelings about Trump. Like he would kind of wonder that. But I feel like with the Atlanta shooting, who was this white, hateful domestic terrorist with sexual problems who turned his hatred towards the Asian women he was attracted to. So there's your domestic terrorism front. And here we are back to the Middle Eastern immigrant terrorism. So it goes to the immigrant story. It goes to the fact that Biden Definitely has a sight set on dropping more bombs in the Middle East, particularly on Syria. The guy happens to be Syrian. I mean, what's the likelihood? Yeah, it is a bit surprising. All of it is is strange. And I have to say, you did anticipate that there was going to be more mass shootings coming. As soon as the first one popped up, I was like, oh, they're totally putting the gun control thing back on the agenda. I always say it's going to take a Republican to really get the guns. And and I think Trump did make steps in that direction. And Biden is still calling for the same thing. He's talking about long guns. He's, uh, of course, you know, they, they put a lot of emotion into it. He is, he wants federal laws to expand background checks, ban assault style weapons and high capacity magazines. That is what they've been talking about for the longest time. And it reminds me of my little, uh, glossary entry that they, they, they don't focus on the, the handguns that kill most murder victims in this country. 
they actually don't ever attack those. They attack what I call resistance-grade weaponry, stuff that can be used against them, while allowing you to keep what I call target-justifying weapons. So when you've run out of your house with your handgun, they want to make sure you don't have a bulletproof vest, you don't have any big weaponry that can fight them, but you have something that they get to say, oh, he was armed. Yeah, that is something I noticed about the news. A general theme, really, or not the news, but the the police involved and some of the witnesses is it's seen that everybody is very aware of the politicization of this that was going to happen. One of the officers even said, we appreciate your thoughts and prayers. We, they, the police officers have to give more than thoughts and prayers. And I didn't get the sense that he was saying that in a legislation type tone. I got the sense that he was saying it in a, a nervous, we need to get to investigating this thing type of tone. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's what it felt like to me. And one of the witnesses even said during the interview with the news that he was talking to his family who was inside, inside there to get their COVID shot, by the way. And <laughs> I know. I forgot that. That was another yeah. little uh, item. He said that his family, the person in front of his son-in-law was shot and then his son-in-law ran and hid in a closet upstairs a coat closet yeah and that (laughs) SWAT team came through the ceiling yep and they had a saw up there and they they helped his his son-in-law that way and then he goes on to say that'll that's a pitch for gun control you know, when it happens to your family, he seemed ready to say that. kind of. Yes, he, he absolutely did. Somebody sent that to me as the fakest looking interview to date. And then there was another interview with James Graham, I think his name was, who happens to work at the um, a, a weather prediction service, a government, N-O-A-A, I forget what it's called, but it's a government weather prediction service. And he was saying how he was in there, there, the gunshots were so incredibly loud that he really had to take cover and that he got hit by glass from above. And I thought that all went to this idea that the SWAT team came through the ceiling. However, the officer who was killed, I think his name was Eric Tully, he... He supposedly was the first man on the scene, and he did lose his life to it. So I don't know the details about that. He did happen to have seven children, which makes him a very, very sympathetic character. And uh, it's been emphasized that people, it was folks minding their own business, getting their COVID shots. So these people, these ordinary citizens, the regular guy, hero, it's... uh, this seems very whether no matter what the actual details of the story are, they hit those themes right away. They're fully prepared for that. Yeah, and it just seems bizarre the conf- the reports from the witnesses. One witness said that the shooter came in immediately, started firing, and then stopped and would just remain silent briefly and then started firing up again. And then another witness said they believe that there was two shooters because there was actually also a shelter in place order a few miles away because they thought somebody else was on the loose. And then there's this video of the person who was walking into the store and said he saw a body in the parking lot. And then he pans the camera over. You see somebody laying in the parking lot. And then he walks up to the front of the store and approaches an old man who looks like he works there. He has a vest on it looks like he works there who's just kind of standing there messing around on his phone and he's like oh there's another one inside just very casually then the guy goes in you see another body inside then you hear gunshots go off or what sound like gunshots and the guy runs back outside but what's this old man just doing there messing around on his phone 
I don't know, maybe he's out of it, but it just seemed like you'd want to get the hell out no, of it. No, he wasn't the only person standing around in the doorway. Guy, yeah. yeah, so that was weird. But then I also noticed that the, like you were saying, how the cops were saying certain kind of hot button things. You could tell they were, it felt like they were meant to say certain things and they were saying them. I noticed something weird about the police chief. A woman named Maris Harold. I noticed right away that she, like she pronounced the town name wrong. The guy supposedly was from Arvada, but she said Arvada. But if you live there, it's Arvada. So I immediately looked up and I thought, oh, she's new to that area because you learned that right away. I only lived around there for one year and I know it's Arvada. I noticed right away when she said it wrong and she hasn't even been there a year. And that kind of thing makes me wonder, like, do they actually look around for people? She's and she had had. You know, a lot of federal type training, but these police chiefs often do like that sheriff, Israel in Florida. Yeah. So they're usually plugged into a national network. And then there were also other themes that both the DA and Kamala Harris said. These are simply people who are trying to do their live their lives. They're just trying to go grocery shopping. This Then like some of the witnesses were saying, this could happen to you. Both witnesses, actually, now that I think about it, said when it happens to you, that's when it gets real. That's when the gun control thing is real. So you hear them hitting those those themes. I mean, I don't know what, the, what really happened. We cannot actually find the... We used to be able to find on the internet until Parkland, the Sheriff of Israel thing in Florida... Used to be able to find like videos and other details, witness accounts yeah. that would help you piece together what really happened, but it completely shut down then. And so now we just have to say, you know what? I don't know what happened, but I know what policies they're going for. And yeah. because we don't really know, this isn't a change in the world. If you have guns to defend yourself, you're going to defend yourself. And that's not how they want to portray this. And it doesn't matter what the facts are. You just have to remember the certain principles. Yeah. I would say that the, Strangest part about the way that this story was reported, at least where I was watching, was a local CBS news channel. They were talking about how this is early on in the situation, how this is an ongoing active shooter situation and things are still very dangerous. The on-the-scene anchor says, as you can see from our cameras around the area, that this still remains a very difficult scene. And then it gets thrown back to the in-studio anchor, who then says, right, we'll continue to follow this story. Stay with CBS right now for March Madness basketball coming right up. And I'm just like, this guy just flipped a switch from serious to let's let's promote the NCAA. I have noticed that so many times where they'll tell you, like, this is the end of the world. Something crazy is happening. Breaking news. But first, let's hear from our sponsor. And it's like, it's just you begin to get numb to it. I'm sorry, I've got some background noise here. So another, just a couple more quick things is that the the Senate said the same thing. One of the senators, I forget which one it was, said the same thing as your cop, like faith is not enough, prayers are not enough. And then what I noticed was that they had already, they were in a Senate hearing in response to this about gun control, but the Senate hearing had already been scheduled. So maybe it was scheduled in light of Atlanta. I don't know, but they happened to have a Senate hearing ready to go. And all they're talking about in that Senate hearing on gun control is this event, which happened after they had scheduled it. And that's I mean, that's what they're they're after. They're after they're after guns and they're not after guns because they care about these people, because then you would 
be able to have the conversation of what's better, an armed society or a disarmed society. You would be able to hear from witnesses who don't immediately say what we need here is gun control. You might hear a witness who says, uh, you know, we should think seriously about about uh, encouraging people to be armed at all times, because that would be such a deterrent against things like this. Yeah, this story also gives the feel of unpredictability just going out into the world with COVID opening back up. Two places where you would not really think of as being associated with a mass shooter event, a grocery store and a spa salon over the past week. Usually you think of school, but now it's like wherever you go, this potential thing could arise. Maybe there aren't enough people at the schools, but I did notice that there hadn't been as uh, as many, you know, there were hardly any shootings last year. They say it's for 2020 I, because yeah. of COVID. But I really think that this this kind of stuff really freaks people out when the Democrats go after the guns. And that's just not something they wanted in an election year where a Democrat was g- likely to win. Yeah. So I think that they I because I think these things are false flags and I think they're crafted and timed and they're back now because there's no election this year. Yes, yeah, the seventh one of the year, according to Northeastern University, who tracks mass shootings and they counted as four or more people who have died. And they say that this is up hugely from last year when 2020 it was the least amount of mass shootings in 10 years because of COVID. Or because they decided right. that it wasn't a good year for it. <laughs> That could definitely be it. So speaking of COVID, there this the whole vax thing, it's so funny because if you read the studies, the efficacy is so much less that like they are not doing the math right when they talk about the efficacy. The safety stuff is definitely questionable because some of the trials were done on a, a healthier population than is being rolled out. So if this had been subject to FDA approval, instead of just being authorized for use because of the emergency by the FDA, as they have been, then a lot of the stuff would have been vetted already. And a lot of the questions would be answered. And more important, we would have the scientific documentation with the the protocols and all that stuff in a in a format that's apples to apples you'd really understand it a lot better but now these little anecdotes dribble out we're supposed to figure stuff out make sense of it i i know you got a story that i got UKJJ sent us that, uh, or Byron sent us this one. Three Hawaii residents tested positive for COVID after being fully vaccinated. And then one one of the things I was thinking is, I'd wondered all along if you would get a positive test for COVID if you got vaccinated. And if that's true, are you a viral shedder, which they are saying means that you can actually be contagious even if you're asymptomatic? I also wondered if after you got the vaccination, would you test positive for antibodies? Because that's what they're saying is that it's in order that they give you these um, mRNA or gene induction type things. It's so to get your body to produce the antigen. And I wonder if they can then detect it. But this stuff is not well known. And this Hawaii case doesn't seem to be shedding real light on the science. Yeah. the An article about this incident in Hawaii where three residents who were fully vaccinated tested positive. A common question was asked about the vaccine. And this is our people diagnosed with COVID after vaccination, more or less infectious, just as you were alluding to. And a doctor, a Dr. Michael Walter of the Palama Health Center said that over time, as more people get vaccinated, 
we have more time under our belt with this vaccine. We have a better idea of how long the protection lasts. So they don't freaking know. They're collecting data now. They made all these decisions on the presumption, leading the public to believe that they had data that they were making decisions off of. But now we're learning that they really don't have any data, that they're doing a giant experiment. And then as the data comes in, they pat themselves on the back for responding to it. Well, now we know that the whole six feet thing was bull. Yeah. (laughs) Aren't we great? Because we recognize that now. It's really (laughs) annoying. But even with... Uh, Oh, there was a really funny one. Who sent me this article? Oh, Dog Tired sent me this. Invisible COVID is here. Apparently, there's a strain of COVID in France that the although the people, they can find genomic sequencing of the virus, which they don't have the complete genomic sequence of the virus, uh, not a complete one. So it could be a different coronavirus. That they, the PCR test came back negative. So I guess you can have, you can have, you, so you can have the virus without the disease and you can have the disease without being able to detect the virus. So what, I mean, if anybody's familiar with Koch's postulates, K-O-C-H, it's about how in order for a microbe to be proven to cause a disease, the microbe and the disease need to be together in the sick person. (laughs) I mean, I think it's pretty basic. So, but none of this is going to, even though they've jabbed the heck out of the British population, they have just come down. Now, this was from UKJJ. He said, new coronavirus rules coming down by March 29th will include a ban on anyone leaving the UK without a reasonable excuse. So if you're planning on a holiday, think again, this is out of the UK. A reasonable excuse would include those needing to travel for work, for study, for legal obligations, or to vote. If they are moving, selling, or renting property, and for some child care reasons or to be present at a birth or visit a dying relative or close friend, attend a funeral or a wedding of a close relative for uh, medical appointments or to escape the risk of harm. So they have given us the reasons that in their infinite wisdom, we are permitted to cross borders. And I guess what they if you just say, some- I got to get out of here before they give me this jab. I don't think that's going to work, although that harm? would be. A medical excuse. And I, and I think that the, the idea that they have put this, this list together and actually weighed the costs and benefits, the likelihood that, that the number of people traveling under those excuses is actually going to prevent spreading because it's too low a number versus people who are just going on holiday. Yeah. Like I'd like to see the analysis. Yeah. And and my guess it's not an analysis at all. Yeah, it's so arbitrary these decisions that they're making and we're expected to just swallow them down whole. They're moral. Yeah, right. That that's exactly what they are. Yeah, that's just a moral decision. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Or an immoral one depending on where your stance is. Yeah, that is true, but there are also a lot of other articles in the news lately about how Brexit is really messing with exports. I also noticed that we're 
uh, pushing some Chinese sanctions because of how they treat Uyghurs. This goes to my idea that the globalism is going to be virtual while we are going to have our information, our um, imports and exports, our physical travel highly limited. So that makes us a much more controllable population. Because we're physically locking ourselves down, we're accommodating these kind of rules because of the psychological trauma of the fear of the bug. And then, but virtually, they are keeping that kind of one way surveillance, or it's actually two ways it's surveillance up and censorship down. They're doing that almost perfectly in the virtual world. Yeah. And the virtual world definitely lends to that, to greater control by connecting everybody to the matrix. Have you heard of Project Vaccinate? No, it sounds like, uh, well, it sounds like something Imran Ahmad might come up with. The the guy who's literally being paid to target minority communities who are vax hesitant. Perhaps he did some consulting with Fulton County. <laughs> oh, That's it's the in name Fulton? of Fulton County's latest vaccine marketing campaign, where Metro Atlanta schools are offering vacations, raffles, and other goodies to boost the vaccine turnout among people who work there and and staffers in the public school system. And here is a quick list of some of the things you can win if you come get your vaccine. It feels like a sweepstakes or like, I don't know if you ever go into a shoe carnival, they have the big wheel you can spin and maybe you can get 10% off in a new bag with your shoes <laughs> or wheel of fortune. But here, here's what you can get. There's a chance if you go get vaccinated in Fulton County through the Atlantic public school system effort that you will win a resort stay in St. Lucia, Barbados, Panama, or other exotic resorts this is through the public school? Yeah, this is a public school system effort. They does, have does it, way more vaccines than they have people turn out. So they have all these vaccines and people aren't coming to get them. So they're trying to do all this stuff to, to draw oh, people out. That's why they're making up stories about why they're sitting on the shelves. Remember I said like yesterday, the day before, they had these stories about the reason that J&J vaccine is sitting on the shelf is that they want to make sure it can go to everyone at once and they're saving the J&J for when they can bring them directly to people's houses because they're one shot. So it's that's all that's I mean, they'll make lemonade out of it, but it could be a cover story for the vaxes not flying off the shelves. Yeah, that, that's good, a good on, point. Good on you, citizens of Fulton. For Here's using some your, other, you know, other not things being manipulated. Yeah, this, they're trying to coax the citizens of Fulton into. They must think people are stupid, but you can get a potentially get a swag bag with gift cards from Amazon, Jiffy Lube, or Delta, a commemorative <laughs> T-shirt, and matching bag with the shot. So commemorative, like the Olympics, you can say, 20 years ago, I was there at the COVID shot. Or Here's like commemorative bag. Gloria Steinem's I had an abortion T-shirt. Similar to that, I got the COVID <laughs> shot T-shirt. <laughs> Sorry, that's not funny at all. That's the most distasteful thing I've ever seen in my life. You could win a raffle drawing for a giant television so you can watch Dr. Fauci in HD. From your sick bed. Watch him to tell you stay at home. From your, yeah. And see, one Atlanta public school worker expressed their, their thrill to find out that this is, a, this is part of the benefit here, to find out that if she wears her green vaccine shirt that she gets with a shot, then she can wear jeans to, to work. 
it's casual day for people who who show <laughs> they got their, wow. their vaccine. So I gave blood. I voted. All of this stuff is uh, it's good citizenship stickers. She said, yeah, she said she's so excited because she loves to wear jeans and she will do anything for a jeans pass. Are people this do they really think there's people who are vaccine hesitant and you say, all right, I get it. <laughs> but what if you could wear jeans to work? I know. How about a donut? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm in. Jake, give me the jab. <laughs> and of course, they want the lucky winners to tweet their winnings on Twitter because that's the whole point is to show off the fun and, and the fact they're winning. And it's just bribery is what it is. Before we get to the final story of the day, which is going to be about the interesting new way that news organizations across the country are trying to appeal to conservatives. I want to tell you a little bit about what's going to be in the Patron 15, which is Microsoft brings cognitive discord and what the F is an NFT. And of course, a big thanks to the sponsor of today's show, Liberty Gear. LibertyGear.net is an online store filled with masks, shirts, and even some cool posters. has protest gear such as the obey psyop and flatten the lies mask and lots of other funny cool weird stuff to lighten your day and even if you didn't want to wear a mask because many businesses and governments that require them so you might as well have one of these cool devices with the the obey mask or something like that so you can reach the like-minded people in your community and make them smile at the same time so if you don't want to buy anything just go to libertygear.net and check out the merch anyway chances are there's something there that will tickle your fancy and give you a much needed laugh in this crazy world, which we all need right now, and maybe a souvenir as a reminder of these crazy times. So if you're looking for something that you don't see, keep in mind, they love new ideas over there at Liberty Gear, and they take requests. So send them an email through the site and tell them what you're looking for. So please support a fellow Liberty lover and Propaganda Report fan that you probably know and love and get 10% off of all your merchandise with a promo code PROPAGANDA and all lowercase only at libertygear.net. And of course, if you have not yet, check out our premium tiers on patreon.com slash propaganda report. With each higher tier comes another layer of live interactive events with Monica and I and other patrons in your tier as well. For example, you can get access to our first Friday disappearing patron parties, our VIP DPPs, our patron Zoom parties. You can also get live on-air shout-outs, and we also offer promotion and sponsorship opportunities to share your products and services with like-minded Propaganda Report listeners. Some tiers will even get you Propaganda Report swag. In fact, if you become a patron saint today, we will send you either a Propaganda Report mug or a t-shirt to your choice. If you don't have time for more content, and sometimes you don't because we put a lot of content out there, please consider a one-time donation through our donation button on the propreport.com. And on with the final story of the day. So I'm reading an AJC article last night. And at the bottom of the article, there was this almost like a giant disclaimer or, or message. It, it, it stood out more than the content of the article itself. And it, here's what it said. An opportunity to share your views. Do you consider yourself right-leaning or a conservative? If so, we'd like to know what you think about news coverage. Now, they're working with a group called Trusting News Network. And what they're doing is they're them and other news organizations around the country are trying to explore the challenges that the news industry is having around the political divide. And they are trying to learn more about conservatives so that they can better appeal to conservatives with the stories that they're promoting. They actually, you know what I think this is all about. Yeah, go ahead, please. 
we've been talking about for the past few days, it's coming at us from different angles. So we thought of it as different stories, but it's really, I think, all the same story. It's that Facebook was categorizing its users into 638 categories. And it said that only 10 of them were responsible for 50% of the anti-vax news, for example. And then the next day, you brought a story. That's what I found. Then I say you brought a story that there's going to be a new initiative where they're going to target the uh, kind of rural white guy as anti-vaxxer. Now, prior to that, a couple of weeks ago, we found that they that, like I mentioned earlier in the show today, Imran Ahmad of the Center for Countering Digital Hate was actually being paid to design a propaganda campaign to target people of color who are vaccine hesitant. So they're coming at different people from different demographics with their what they call micro targeting i think yeah and and in this case and i what i said yesterday is you know you're not going to get when you've got the the vaccine hesitant like middle-aged older white guy that's going to be a very different message from a 16 year old um matrix you know tiktoking girl like you're going to have to have a totally different message and i feel like that was going to be a challenge for them and now today you bring this where they're asking you to tell them how they can better propagandize you and i think they're going to use that for many many reasons but but number one right now for the vaccine that's exactly what I think it is as well. One of the questions I did the survey because if you get chosen after doing the survey, you get a 60 minute one on one Zoom call with a journalist from whatever the organization is. So I'm no hoping way. to win that Zoom call because I'm going to come with a list of fake news. Wait, you get the Zoom call or you get a chance to win the Zoom no, call? If they like, based on your survey answers, if they right. feel, I guess, that they can learn. For, so maybe I should have answered the questions a little bit differently. Yeah, to you got to get try to win. But th- if they can learn from you about how to appeal conservatives, then they're going to have a Zoom call because they want to pick your brain. They want to find out what makes you tick and why you believe what you do. And I'm hoping to get chosen for that. And because I, if, if I do... I have an idea of kind of what they might ask based on what some of the questions were. I'm just going to have a list of some of the fake news that the mainstream media has has given out. And when asked <laughs> questions, I'm going to cite them and, and just see what happens. How did you know, answer the questions, honestly, or like a conservative I answered middle-aged white male? Pretty honestly. Here's an example of one of the questions. Rate how well the following adjectives describes national mainstream journalism. And the options are authentic so the first one is authentic. That's the first adjective. And do you strongly disagree, which I strongly disagreed. Uh, do you disagree, neutral, agree, or strongly agree? So they ask you about authenticity, transparency, reliability, uh, informative, believable, out of touch, reputable, and trustworthy. And then they ask you what news you watch, where you get your main news sources from. And I said Twitter, because that's where most things are linked on is Twitter they, to that. So we'll Valid. see if I get picked. The... Funniest part about this little survey to me is that they ask you in the FAQ, it says, what risk and discomforts might you experience from being in this study? And they say, there are some risks. The risk you may encounter is slight psychological discomfort from thinking about media coverage of political conservatives. Say that again? (laughs) The question is about what risk and discomfort you might experience being part of the study. And they say there are some risks. The risk you may encounter is slight psychological discomfort from thinking about media coverage of political political conservatives. So I guess cognitive dissonance or triggering. That's crazy. That so they 
they tell you they want to know what conservatives think, then they take a shot at conservatives. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. And they also tell you if you answer their questions in a certain way, you might they might contact you. So they already set everybody up to game it. Yeah. And you they piss you off by telling you that they think that conservative stuff is is maddening. And then they tell you that there's also a risk of confidentiality because you'll be providing your email address and phone number. That doesn't really change the answer so much. It might change who's going to do it. The more paranoid people are not going to answer the questions, but then they're going to take that survey and act like it's valid. And they're videoing you too. So I don't know what the rules are If you win the call, right? Yeah. If you end up getting the call, then you get videoed. Something could be leaked and then they could be used as an example of- Right. But they're- That's nuts. And they're definitely going to have a self-selected group of people on those calls, and then they're going to select from that group. Yeah. And this organization is working with the Google News Initiatives and and all (laughs) of those big propaganda outlets. It figures. How did that fold into solutions journalism? We should tell people the Allison McDowell uh, podcast that we did with her, which we are going to put in our feed at the end of this week. Yeah. You can see it. You can see the video on Rockfin, even if you're not a Rockfin member. People don't realize that. There's a, most of our content there is free. So we put all of our interviews in video form early release to Rockfin. So you can go check that out if you want over there. But she was ta- talking to us about solutions journalism. Where it, that, Did it go hand in hand with those initiatives that you saw or it's just yes, parallel, it did. similar? Uh, yeah, solutions journalism is basically my perspective of it is advocacy you're an activist and you're trained to be a journalist in a very biased way so to go push an agenda all right well maybe we can talk a little bit more about that and the patron 15 first i want to do a shout out from kathy d she i love these this is so sweet she says i'd like to shout out to you monica and brad for bringing sanity to an insane world with your show and the myriad others you share i've been a skeptic since iran contra and 9 11 was my wake up thanks for all you do to get the truth out there well thank you kathy she is a big participant in our activities and i believe i think she might be coordinating with another patron to is she the one who's doing something with um with uh connecting atlanta atlanta connector Oh, I, I think she might be. Maybe. We've got some some fun people. We have a really great community. So if you yeah. do want to be part of that community, you want to meet some of us, we are going to do a meetup on Sunday, April 18th at 2 o'clock in the afternoon at Neighbors Feed and Seed in Smyrna, Georgia, outside of Atlanta. I'm going to be in New York just meeting a couple of people for drinks. It's not going to be anywhere near that. I, our listenership is like half Atlanta. But if you want to meet up with me in New York, Friday, April 23rd, uh, go to thepropreport.com, go to the meetup tab, and then just tell me in, uh, in the comment section that you're interested, and I'll give you the details about that. So we've got a lot of fun stuff coming down the pike, and let's uh, continue this chat in the Patron 15. All right. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every week afternoon at the prop at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we post every time we post a DMB, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron. We will talk to you all tomorrow or in the patron 15. Have a fantastic rest of your day.